Greetings, I'm Brad Thomas, and this is After All is Said and Done. Welcome. After all is said and done, then we will know, won't we? But perhaps we can know now if we choose to. This is primary day and caucus day in various states of this nation. Not a lot of drama, not a lot of excitement in that sense on the Republican side, the Republican primaries. But in the Democrat primaries, all manner of drama, high drama, and excitement. And the states that are being contested, as previously mentioned, are Michigan, Washington State, not to be confused with Washington, D.C., Missouri, Missouri, Mississippi, and Idaho. And then there is the little matter of the caucuses in North Dakota. The total number of delegates that is to be determined is 352. And Washington State has a great many mail-in ballots. A great deal of voting is done by mail, and it is expected that it will take days to sort it out as far as what the actual results from Washington State are. And I've listed those states in their order of delegate numbers from the highest with Michigan to the lowliest, (laughs) uh, with Idaho and North Dakota. North Dakota, again, having caucuses instead. So, fantastic stuff. Well, it just so happens that the Democrat formula for receiving delegates, for obtaining delegates, is nothing short of Byzantine. It is extraordinary. It is far from democratic. Ironic, Democrat Party, far from democratic. But then the Democrat Party is far from democratic. But every go-round, every election, there is some... Bruhaha, but especially every presidential election. There is much to do about the Electoral College and how terrible it is and how egregious it is and how undemocratic it is and how people are being disenfranchised and not receiving their votes, not receiving anything for their votes. Their vote's not counting for anything, either not being counted, or if they are counted, they still don't count. But when the Fuhrer is the greatest, it is when the Democrat Party is on the losing side. When they're on the winning side, not as big a deal. Strangely enough. But, anyway, these rules that they have are incredibly undemocratic. 
They are representative, but they are, you could say, arbitrary, capricious, unfair, unjust, unrighteous on a lot of things. But it just so happens that they are stacked to enable those people who come out on top here in these great states of Michigan, Washington, Missouri, Mississippi, and Idaho, and North Dakota to obtain more delegates than they would (laughs) if things were just slightly different. And why is that? Well, it just so happens, and when I say those (laughs) who, who, who win, who come out on top, Obviously, this is now down to a two-candidate race for the top spot. That is, if one of them can manage to garner 1,991 delegates. If not, then we have a contested convention, and all manner of interesting things can happen. But, for all intents and purposes, it is a two-man race, a two-horse race between Joe Biden, the younger of the two at 77 years of age, and Bernie Sanders, the elder of the two at 78 years of age. And one of them will be better served today than the other But these rules, they are just, they refer to them as being intricate. No, they're not intricate. They are convoluted. (laughs) They are the work of a contortionist. But 65% of the delegates are assigned to those candidates that fare the best in individual districts. And they will get a lopsided apportionment for each district that they came out on top in. And it will be fascinating to see how things go. When it moves on the next round, just a week from now, it won't be that way. Because things just are set up differently for the districts in terms of the number of delegates assigned per districts. The delegates assigned to the majority of these districts are odd numbers, and that throws things for a loop. But for all people who are thinking this is a democratic process, a democratic process, form of voting. No, no, it is not. No, it is not. Now, some, the likes of the incumbent president, if things were going against him, he would say it was rigged. And yet, it is rigged in favor of whoever fares the best in various districts. It's not rigged just in favor of one, but for whoever, for whomever, manages to do the best. Well, there's Joe Biden with a 
You know, he's just got this, oh, inevitability now. It's funny, going back just before the South Carolina primary, it was Bernie Sanders that had this massive momentum and advantage, and he was the inevitable candidate, so much so that Hardball's Chris Matthews, you know, no longer with Hardball, but Hardball's Chris Matthews on MSNBC, he said that it was over. He famously said, it's over. (laughs) Well, now, now the weight of momentum is behind the sails of old Joe Biden instead of old Bernie Sanders. It is just too funny. But we will see what happens. It should be, you know, extraordinarily exciting. Can't wait to see how things shake out. But this delegate allocation formula really is going to have a lot to say about how things turn out following today and what that means, what that portends for the rest of the Democrat primaries. Because unless they come out, unless Joe Biden and Bernie Sanders come out of today with the results, which again won't be definitive probably for a number of days, if one of them has a decided advantage after today, they are really in the catbird seat. And they're going to be able to dictate probably all the way to the convention will probably exceed 1,991 delegates. But if they are neck and neck, then we're looking at them probably continuing neck and neck all the way to the convention, having a contested convention, and then all manner of outstanding excitement. But in another part of the world, and I'll come back to the primaries in a bit, in another part of the world, a place that does have some impact on this nation, and I'm not referring to meddling with the election. But Vladimir Putin, that giant of a man, that champion of freedom, that de facto dictator for life from the day that he succeeded Boris Yeltsin. In point of fact, the de facto dictator for life from the day that Boris Yeltsin brought him in as his number two three months prior to that. But Vladimir Putin is busily engineering the little minutia, the little details concerning how he manages to justify being dictator for life. I don't understand why he's tiptoeing around the way he is. Look at communist China for an example, Vladimir. Look at Xi Jinping. He just has himself named, they don't say dictator, but I do, dictator for life, for life, president for life, (laughs) premier for life, boss man for life. Yes, they have two boss men there in communist China, but he is the bossiest 
of the bosses. And he, he is for life. He has officially had himself appointed dictator for life. Vladimir Putin, he acts as dictator for life. He employs the powers of dictator for life, but for some reason, he tiptoes around actually naming himself president for life, dictator for life, which is curious because Vladimir Putin has never shied away from doing the outrageous things, you know, having multitudinous journalists assassinated in the Russian Federation, having critics who have emigrated from Russia, having them assassinated in Western countries. No problem. But for some reason, he tiptoes around about this. So now... There has been this wonderful development. It is exciting. Yes, Valentina Tereshkova, the first woman who flew in space, who is now serving the Russian Federation, I believe in the Duma, uh, the Kremlin-controlled lower house, you know, akin to the, you could liken it to the House of Representatives here, or the House of Commons, in England, whatever, liken it to whatever you want. But this woman, this heroine in Russia, she has made a move to dissolve, to eliminate presidential term limits. This to permit Russian President Vladimir Gravitas Putin. No, Gravitas is not his middle name. But she made mention of his Gravitas. So I threw it in there. I couldn't resist. Quote, the very existence of an opportunity for the current president to get reelected, given his major gravitas, would be a stabilizing factor for our society. Tereshkova told the Kremlin-controlled State Duma. Yes, that was today. <laughs> you know, different time zones slightly and so forth, but Exciting, exciting thing. So, she has proposed. You know, she thought this up all by herself. She just independently came up with this idea. Fascinating. Proposed scrapping the presidential term limits, or at the very, very least, amending the Russian Constitution to permit Vladimir Putin to run again. The chess player 
the KG cunning Machiavellian leader that Vladimir Putin is, he publicly stated that he was against scrapping term limits. <laughs> but he did support the idea of revising the ceiling. You know, in terms of how many terms one may serve. We should still keep the term limits, but we just need to increment it, ratchet it up. Anyway, he's a young fellow. He's only 67. He has only been totalitarian dictator of Russia for something more than 20 years now. But again, dictator for life. They do things differently in Russia, yes. He has served. He has been a public servant there as president for longer than any others since wonderful Uncle Joe, dictator for life, Joseph Stalin, which was a pseudonym, but Fantastic. Meanwhile, here in the great free nation, the United States of America, which President Trump extolled so magnificently in his State of the Union address and which the Democrat presidential contenders do also. Just a little daily affair in the great city of New York, in Brooklyn. A 15-year-old girl was savagely, viciously attacked by at least two dozen black teenagers. Now, the video that I saw, which I have tried viewing over and over and over and over again to to verify whether the girl is non-black, whether she is Caucasian. It appears so. I do see a flash of blonde hair, and it did not look like bleached blonde cornrow or something like that. But this 15-year-old girl on a city sidewalk, started to say city street. It's along a city street. It's at an intersection of streets, and it's on concrete sidewalks. And all of a sudden, you see the image of this girl being thrown to the ground, and then this big guy comes into the scene, and he attacks her. He tries to stomp her with his foot. And then all of a sudden, there is a flurry of additional black teenagers, male and female, that all attack her, and they push and jostle one another in order to be able to get close enough to her to kick her and stomp her and leap on her. And one young man comes flying in, runs across the street, leaps up in the air, and stomps down on her with both feet in her midsection with his full weight. And this goes on for a while. 
15-year-old, very slim girl who apparently, I say apparently, is white. Unfortunately, the image of her, her face, her head, is concealed by some device that was used to cover up her identity, strangely enough. But again, I see the flash of her hair, which was momentarily not covered, and I mean momentarily, like split second, very tough to make out. Anyway, her shoes were stripped from her. It was reported that it was at least a dozen of these dear teenagers. In point of fact, and of course it didn't refer to them as being black, which they all were, but (laughs) there were, in point of fact, more than two dozen. More than two dozen. Now, the judge that 11 of the teens that were identified were arraigned before Judge Ruth Schillingford. What an enlightened woman. What a worthy judge. She termed them, not defendants, but youthful offenders. Youthful offenders. And she released them all without bail. Released them all without requiring any of them to post bail. Now again, this took place in Brooklyn. In wonderful Brooklyn. Not the Bronx, not the South Bronx, not Harlem and Manhattan. This took place in Brooklyn. And (laughs) so these teenagers, they are charged with a number of different offenses, juvenile offenders, you know, youthful offenders, robbery, gang assault, and so forth. Well, the Brooklyn district attorney, he has now, he or she, has declined to even request bail in any of the upcoming cases because the judge denied bail, denied bail to be required for any of them already. So she has greased the skids here in favor of these. Their ages range from 14 to 17, but there were a lot of big kids among this gang, this vicious, rabid, monstrous, murderous gang. And what they should be charged with and what they should be tried for as adults is attempted murder. It was nothing short of that. This girl was chased, thrown down onto the concrete sidewalk, and all of this massive gang, this horde, attacked her, kicking her, stomping her, attempting to end her life. And they're going to be charged with assault. You know, simple assault. They can plead down. They're just youthful offenders. Wonderful. Meanwhile, back in the wonderful election zone, 
running for president, running for the Democrat nomination. We have Joe pandering Biden. And we have Bernie demagogue Sanders going at it. You know, let's let's show undue favor to this racial group and this demographic in order to elicit their support. Just like the Democrat carpetbaggers of old. Outstanding. Exciting stuff. But, again, the results from Washington State, they will be delayed because of the massive amount of mail-in voting and also drop-off ballots as compared to going to the polling places. But never fear. We will get the news before long. It will be very exciting. Now, it would seem as if Joe Biden probably will come out on top. Probably significantly on top. For the simple reason that he did fabulously on Super Tuesday. Far exceeded any predictions. Even though he did capture a couple states (laughs) that he was not supposed to, which I intimated that he would, but he did vastly better and he is well ahead in delegate count right now. But it would seem to favor him. But there's no guarantee of that. You know, he does manage to put his foot in his mouth at every opportunity. And Bernie Sanders is extremely energetic and uh, so forth. But Joe Biden has a great, great, great many quasi-surrogates on his behalf now. A great many. And he has just rolled them up. But uh, Bernie Sanders is really short of that. He did get, of course, the esteemed Jesse Jackson, one-time presidential candidate Jesse Jackson Sr., there to candidate, to campaign, to stump, to pander, to demagogue mightily for him. In Michigan. Not he alone, but he has been a major surrogate for Bernie Sanders in Michigan. Meanwhile, Bernie Sanders has accused Hillary Rodham Clinton of attempting to relive 2016. Why would she want to relive 2016? She lost in 2016. Of course, what he's referring to, and again, putting his foot in his mouth, what he's referring to is her getting to be the candidate, her positioning herself to be the running mate for Joe Biden, and thereafter the co-president, should Joe and she prevail in the general election. Meanwhile, he has attacked Joe Biden 
for supporting crooks. You know, the same crooks that were supported by, by Barack Hussein Obama, whom Bernie Sanders claims to be, you know, the favored one of, and also the late, great, and I say that uh, gently <laughs> and generously, uh, John McCain. John McCain was a true hero, a true military hero, a true patriot to the United States of America. But his service, his public service as U.S. Senator, was sorely lacking. Before I say any more, let me just say this. I'm Brad Thomas, and this is After All is Said and Done. And whatever is right and true and good in these programs is thanks to God Almighty and His Holy Son, Jesus Christ. Whatever's lacking, erring, deficient, that is on me, that is due to me, that is my fault. But moving on, there have been whisperings going on a long time concerning Joe Biden. And is he just showing the signs of age and so forth? Well, I really think it's unfair, honestly. Yes, he makes some incredible gaffes. There's no question about that. But the inferences that are being made, I think, are really (laughs) out of line for the simple reason that Joe has always done this. Each time he's run for president, he's done it. I mean, he's he's famous for it, infamous, famous for it. As his years as U.S. senator from Delaware show, as his service as vice president for eight years show. His gaffes are in his makeup, his personal makeup, his DNA. It's part of who he is. You know, if you love Joe Biden, you can't, (laughs) you can't dismiss him because of his gaffes. You just can't. Now, if you don't love Joe Biden, I don't, but if you don't love Joe Biden, which Bernie Sanders clearly does not, then it's another matter. But Bernie Sanders, he has stated that, and I'm paraphrasing badly here unless I can find a quote, that he is not going to talk about those things. He's not interested in going after Joe that way. There are plenty of others that are doing it, not surrogates for him, necessarily, even though, again, he's notorious, Bernie is, for his surrogates and what they have done on his behalf. But, again, I would just recommend (laughs) that if you are seriously considering supporting voting for Joe Biden that you do so irrespective of his gaffes, no matter how outrageous they are. I mean, let's go back. Let's go back some period of time to 
Joe's gross misstatements. I mean, he's made so many. But uh, one that he made, actually recently, which was just ridiculous. I, I don't know if it was on a teleprompter. You know, I don't know if it was on some, some cue cards that were given to him by a staffer or if he just managed to mangle it in his <laughs> thought process there. But he stated, quote, 150 million people have been killed since 2007 when Bernie voted to exempt the gun manufacturers from liability. More than all the wars, including Vietnam from that point on, end quote. Now that should have been included Joe, if Joe was thinking while he was speaking. For him to say that more people had died from gunfire in the United States of America than all of the casualties of the United States of America in all of the wars. That should have been a clue that there was something wrong with his numbers. Furthermore, he should have known that 150 million people, you know, that is just shy of one-half of the total population of the United States of America. He should have known there was something wrong with that figure. He should have caught his breath and said something to the effect that he had, excuse me, misspoke. I meant to say such and such, but he didn't. Anyway, the 150 million people turned out to be, supposedly, I don't believe this number, but, The number that has been given is shy of less than 374,000, which is still a staggering number. But this is from 2007 through 2017 that he was referring to. And he referred to it as being 150 million. But again, this is standard operating procedure for Joe. Every time he's run for president, he has made some astounding gaffes. Whenever he has been in office, and he's been in office all of his adult life, it seems, most notably as U.S. Senator and Vice President, he makes gaffes. It's not something that has occurred now that he's 77 years of age. It was going on when he was 47, so... Do not discredit him, discount him, dismiss him on the basis of these things. And on that same note, let me just say this, is that when Donald Trump Sr. says the unimaginable things that he says with such frequency and or that tweets with such frequency that are absolutely outrageous. So many of the things he says are so outrageous. So many are so stupid. So many are so nasty. (laughs) But you know what? How often do you hear about it being a gaffe? These things are not gaffes. They are the man. They are from the heart of the man, from the heart and mind of that man. So... 
don't pay too terribly much attention, I would say, to these these rumorings and the rumor mill from very go- various gossip specialists concerning Joe Biden and his capacity to serve. But speaking of Joe Biden, Joe Biden has now, again, received this mother load of endorsements from former presidential candidates, this go-around, and so forth. But what surprised me in the California primary on Super Tuesday was not that he received the endorsement of Barbara Boxer, for instance. Former senator, former U.S. senator, longtime U.S. senator, Democrat U.S. senator from California, who along with her sisters-in-arms and brothers-in-arms did so much damage to this nation. It was not that he received her endorsement. It was the endorsements that he did not receive. No endorsement at that time, nor to this time as far as I know, from Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi, Congresswoman from California, from Northern California, from San Francisco area. No endorsement from longtime U.S. Senator representing California, Dianne Feinstein. You know, the one who has infamously stated that all veterans are mentally ill and therefore no veteran, military veteran, should be permitted to own a firearm. No endorsement at that time from former presidential candidate, U.S. Senator Kamala Harris, or Kamala Harris, or however you want to pronounce it, Kamala Harris. No endorsement from the former Attorney General and current U.S. Senator who has succeeded Barbara Boxer. And no endorsement from Kimberly Guilfoyle's former husband, Governor Gavin Newsom, former mayor of San Francisco, former lieutenant governor of California, I do believe, current governor, Gavin Newsom, who has presidential ambitions. No endorsements from any of those. Why is that? You know, they should have all endorsed Joe. Really. Because by that time, Pete Sodomite Buttigieg Edge had departed the race and endorsed Joe Biden. Amy Klobuchar, she had departed the race and endorsed Joe Biden. And was campaigning for it actively. And I guess it sounds like Pete Sodomite Buttigieg got involved in that too. And so forth. But no, they just, they stayed out. 
Well, of course, after the Super Tuesday developments, in which Better Red Than Dead took a serious hit, (laughs) yes, Bernie Alinsky Sanders, Bernie Marxist Sanders, took a serious hit on Super Tuesday compared to what he was supposed to get. He was supposed to roll all over Joe. And instead, it just didn't work out that way, even though he won California. Yes, he won the golden sanctuary state of California. But, of course, Joe secured delegates there as well. And then, of course, Bernie, he also took Utah. And he also won his home state of Vermont and lost neighboring Massachusetts and lost neighboring Maine. But, oh, what was the other state that he won? The other modest state that he won? It's eluding me at the moment. But he won my home state of California. And he won my second state of Utah. And he lost my fourth state of Maine. And uh, we will see how he does in my fifth state of Washington. But... Joe Biden has received the endorsements of, you know, this hodgepodge of people, various former rivals and so forth, all fellow moderate candidates, mind you, all moderates like Joe, all leftists like Joe Biden. That's right. Pete Sodomite Buttigieg, one-time mayor of South Bend, Indiana. United States Senator Minnesota Amy Klobuchar. Interestingly enough, Emily's list did not endorse Liz Planned Baronhood Warren until Amy Klobuchar dropped out of the race. Pardon me if I'm mispronouncing Amy's last name, Klobuchar, Klobuchar, what have you. It's spelled Klobuchar, but anyway, I haven't heard it. (laughs) So I am, you know, just winging it on that. But United States Senator, woman of color, Kamala Harris, Kamala Harris, California. United States Senator, man of color, And when I say color in the case of these two, no, not Mexican-American, not Puerto Rican-American, not Dominican Republican, you know, (laughs) American that has immigrated to the United States of America. No, not Indian-Indian-American. No, nor Native American-Indian-American. No, black american African-American, United States Senator Corey booking it to the White House booker from New Jersey, from New Jersey. Well, Kamala or Kamala Harris, 
and Cory Booker, they were campaigning for Joe yesterday in Michigan to pander to, to demagogue the black vote in Michigan. Again, the biggest portion of delegates in today's races. And then others that supported him. You know that guy, I don't know, Michael Sounds Familiar, Bloomberg, whoever that is, and Beto (laughs) O'Rourke. Yes. And Devil, Man of Color, Devil not, or is it Deval? But it's not Devil. I don't want to mispronounce and say Devil, you know, but and yet... I think that's the correct pronunciation, but I'll say Deval, you know, Patrick. Yes, former governor of Massachusetts, I believe. And John Delaney. They've all supported, endorsed Joe Biden. And Tim Ryan, in case I didn't mention him. Anyway, they've all endorsed Joe because Joe, according to none other than Kamala, Kamala Harris, She states, quote, there is no one better prepared than Joe to steer our nation through these turbulent times and restore truth, honor, and decency to the Oval Office. To steer our nation? Is our nation unmoored? Is it moving? Where is the helm? He's going to steer our nation. Joe Biden and the likes of Kamala Harris, Kamala Harris, Nancy Pelosi, Bernie Sanders, Hillary Rodham Clinton, Dianne Feinstein, Barbara Boxer, Chucky Schumer, and so many more have been steering this nation to damnation for decade upon decade upon decade upon decade. And they're all in it together. Regardless whether they are calling themselves progressive or liberal, mainstream Democrat, whatever they're calling themselves. It matters not. But back to Kamala, Kamala, Kamala Harris. Quote, he is kind and endlessly caring, and he truly listens to the American people. Speaking of Joe Biden, Joe Biden, his favorite thing. You know, Bill Clinton, he had favorite things when he would take someone's hand with his hand, his right hand. He would then take their upper arm just below their shoulder with his left hand. Same thing that Lyndon Baines Johnson was famous for and infamous for, notorious for. And Lyndon Baines Johnson would squeeze. But, yes, Joe, he truly listens. When Joe listens, what does he do? He puts his head against the head, his forehead against the forehead of the other person. At least he does that with women, young women, attractive women and so forth, just to show that he's truly listening. 
She goes on to say, Camel uh, Harris says, quote, Like many women, I watched with sadness as women exited the race one by one. Four years after Hillary Clinton was the party's nominee, we find ourselves without any woman on a path to be the Democrat nominee for president. This is something we must reckon with, and it is something I will have more to say about in the future. But, but we must rise to unite the party and country behind a candidate who reflects the decency and dignity of the American people and who can ultimately defeat Donald Trump, end quote. So, yes, the decency. Kamala Harris, who again officiated a sodomite, so-called wedding, sham, perversion of marriage, immediately after the United States Supreme Court rendered that most abominable of decisions as did Ruth Bader Ginsburg, as did Hillary Rodham Clinton, so forth. But it's exciting. Oh, but dignity and decency. How about indecency and profanity, profaneness, lewdness, vileness, perversity? Oh, yes, but one who can unite the country. Yeah. Unite those myriad black gangster thug gangs of teenage boys and girls. Not to mention, of course, the various drug cartels and other gangs that we have. Yes, unite them all. The Mexican gangs the white supremacist gangs, the Oriental Asian gangs, that will unite them all. Yes. Meanwhile, the coronavirus, COVID-19, coronavirus, well, how's it doing? I heard, I saw it till I didn't hear, but I saw it actually referred to as a pandemic, finally, belatedly, just like those belated endorsements of Joe Biden. Every country, every nation in the European Union has now reported cases of the virus. But interestingly enough, their approaches to dealing with it, to trying to stave it off, to stop the spread of it, they vary considerably from one nation to another nation. So here's my recommendation, which, of course, no one else has thought of, of course, is that what we need is we need a one-world regime instituted to deal with COVID-19 pandemic and all future pandemics and global climate change and everything else that needs to be dealt with. We must not just steer this nation, 
but steer the whole world. One world regime. It's coming. It's coming very soon. And this is the kind of thing that they use to promote it. All these various different things that are being done, you know, telling people not to use the subway. Meanwhile, administering tests for COVID-19 via drive through in Germany. Universities across the U.S. canceling in-person classes. Japan saying that the Olympics will probably be postponed one to two years. <laughs> Little things like this. And Wall Street wanting to have home trading. No, not for mom-and-pop people, but for the actual traders. Fascinating. I'm Brad Thomas, and this is After All is Said and Done. After all is said and done, then we will know, won't we? But perhaps we can know now if we choose to. Thank you. Thank you.